The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer in the Maple Auto Mall near Rutherford at Highway 400. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one this morning, Amanda Galbraith is here, principal at Navigator Communications and Strategies, host of Free for All Fridays. Shelley Carroll is a Toronto City Councillor. Robert Turner of News Talk 1010. Good to have you all. And I don't count on everybody assiduously watching every uh, debate from start to finish, but I'm sure you're already starting to get some impressions. There were three mayoral debates yesterday. There's one, if not two, of them today. Actually, Shelley Carroll, you kind of have a pony in the race because yes. you've been backing Anna Bailao, but I'm wondering what you have seen. Well, I'm just really glad that we're into the debate phase because, you know, really all the candidates up until now have been following sort of a uh, John Tory mayoral style, just announcing, announcing, announcing. And it's in these debates that you're going to get a sense of people's personalities. And I think that's what's going to be a real uh, determining factor for people. That's how they're going to decide. And while the debates yesterday, they got into it a bit. Um, I'm looking forward to the Board of Trade debate because I don't think the Board of Trade is going to let them avoid what are some of the real problems in the city. They're, they're all talking about what they'd spend and what they do, but not really touching on the, the fact that, that you know, our, our economy and our businesses are still recovering. And that's one of the biggest financial hurdles that we face. Uh, that, that's going to make things get real. <laughs> okay. Amanda, let me ask you, because I agree with Shelley entirely. I watched the entire 6.30 debate last night, and I, th I had this thought as I watched everybody saying, here's another flashy idea that I came up with. I thought, just become mayor and do what works. <laughs> we could all just skip ahead. I have a five-point plan. No, um, I, yeah. I <laughs> Surprise, surprise. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, debates are very interesting. I have a little bit of PTSD from 2014 when we did 123. Yeah. So three in one day just sort of gives me like the shivers. Um, it's also a lot for candidates, but I do think it's an interesting place to see them mix it up. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw some kind of snippets um, and tried to watch a little bit of it. I thought that um, I thought that I think, again, I continue to believe that the longer Olivia Chow runs and is attacked and sort of people see her, um, they're going to be less infatuated with her. Um, I think that I thought Anna like had a good command of the issues. Um, I think to me, honestly, it kind of mystifies me. Missy Hunter manages to say lots of things without saying anything. Um, and that continues on. So uh, maybe that'll change today. Um, I think the board of trade format, they're going to mix it up a little bit more. So there'll be some sparks, but, uh, yeah, it's a great place to watch these candidates sort of test out ideas against one another. All right. So Robert Turner, are you watching for the ideas or just to get the measure of the person? I watch what I can, but then I have these things called kids, yeah. uh, and baseball season Same. started. So I was, uh, last night, while well, one of the debates was going on. I was at the park, uh, watching the kids play baseball, uh, with a bunch of other parents who, uh, I was surprised. No one's streaming the debate live on their phone. Uh, there was no buzz about the, the mayor's race ongoing. Um, so I think until there is, and, and it's really rare, right, that you have one of those, you had a choice, sir, kind of knockout <laughs> moments. Until you have something that happens and comes out of one of these debates that goes viral, or we're talking about it the next day because you won't believe what happened, I don't know how effective these are. They just kind of, to me, seem like background noise. As we get closer, they have bigger platforms as far as what, where, where you can view them. Uh, and, you know, they're on at a time of day where people might have a little more time to watch them and they get shared better. Maybe they'll have more impact, but I haven't seen anything new from these. It just seems a whole lot of, nobody seems to want to go that hard at anybody. 
um, which I would enjoy because it would just be entertaining, but it would also help define the candidates better, doesn't seem to be happening. Um, are we going to grieve the fact that the governor general has received a pay hike? Amanda Galbraith, it seems we create these mechanisms which provide for automatic pay increases on a certain scale for public officials. And then when those mechanisms kick in, we complain about them. Yeah, and I, I believe it's yeah. like it's $9,000, which, um, you know, sounds like a lot. But, you know, given the size of the salary, my guess is like probably like even less than inflation. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a big fan of having automatic mechanisms for public service and public office holders or well, public office holders, not public service, um, because I don't think politicians and elected officials should be determining their own raises because they don't do it. And then you go 10, 15 years without any kind of raises and then no one wants to go take those jobs. So um, I'm my feathers are not ruffled by this. I mean, I think you can have a larger issue with the governor general's role itself. But um, whether they should be paid a proper salary to be the head of state for Canada, nominal or not, um, uh, is is important to me. So I don't have a challenge with this. Okay, Robert Turner, this kind of reminds me of how people make a fuss every time somebody retires or is voted out at Queen's Park about the fact that there's a cash payout when you right. leave. Right. Yes, the entitlement we all knew they were going to get, they then got, and everybody loses their mind because yeah. someone Googles it and then makes it a column somewhere. Uh yeah, I mean, this came into effect like 10 years ago, right? So I don't even think Justin Trudeau's government was in power then. It's been a while, but I don't think it was then. So they're not really responsible for it happening. What I think the issue with this is, is what was it the last roundtable or the one before that where we were talking about her expenses and how they seem yeah. kind of high? Um, you're mm -hmm. making 350 grand a year to cut ribbons. Maybe you dial it back on the catering on the planes and pick up some of your own outfits. <laughs> okay, Shelly Carroll? Yeah, and, and I think the reason we're really questioning this now is is we're questioning our, our uh, ties to the crown altogether. And, uh, uh, you know, when I look at a thing like this, I, I say to myself, okay, well, at least they did this. They set a policy and they stuck to it. Because uh, a lot of times when officials get into trouble is you set a policy and then you ignore it. Uh, they're following it here. And so uh, we, we it comes down to really deciding, do we want that? Do we want this thing that you know, with travel and everything else probably costs us closer to a million. Do we want this office? Well, but wait a second. What would we replace yeah. the office with is the question. What would that would cost? Because if all we do is say we're not going to have a governor general anymore and then members of the current government would get to travel around the world representing Canada because someone would have to, that's still going to cost money. Well, that still happens. But, you know, when the prime minister goes to the G7, it's to agree on things. It's not to do the ceremonial things. It's to do actual work. When uh, Mary Simon accompanies him, uh, the governor general's presence there is quite different. Some of the G7 sure, countries does... don't have a relationship to the crown. They're not They're not bringing along but, that person. But she's sort of the prime minister's ceremonial stunt double when he can't go to something, too, right? I mean, the, the, in the U.S., they send the first – then didn't they send the first lady to the coronation? Yeah. Joe Biden didn't go like you're someone's going to do it. We're going to be represented by somebody. So it's just a matter of how much is it going to cost? Like if, if we want to just break it down to dollars and cents and throw tradition out, that's a conversation we can have. But both are going to yeah. cost money. Okay, listen, I want to yeah, get to Yeah, but I think that's the things. conversation Canadians want to have. Um, let me start with you, because I know you're passionate about this one, Shelley Carroll, and Toronto is looking at limits on advocacy signs. Uh, I was telling the story earlier on the show that the way I figure out what the pettiest issues in town are is by taking a bike ride and looking at lawn signs. Have we lost Shelley? Oh, there you are. You're back. Okay. Yeah. I lost you for a minute. Okay. Yeah, uh, th this seems petty, but it's simply that uh, it is that annual time of 
here when we do review our sign bylaw. And what's popping up are these advocacy signs in my own neighborhood right now. I live just south of the ward. I represent in Don Valley East. And all over the neighborhood are these signs saying save our community because of the, the federal boundary realignment. The, the riding of Don Valley East might disappear. That's an advocacy sign. Um, and so uh, the big controversy here is, should you have permission to put it on a private property lawn? I think you should. And should you limit it to one per lawn? I definitely think you should, because you should see this neighborhood right now. <laughs> there are people who have, have put these signs, lined their lawn with them, almost like you would little flags on Canada Day. Um, they're just everywhere. And I, th I think uh, after a while, people get to a point where they're meaningless because there are so many of them. And when it's an advocacy sign, not an election sign, who cleans them up? When do they disappear? They're, they're not recyclable. There's all sorts of issues. So just placing a little limit and the fact that you have to have permission on someone's private front lawn that just makes sense. Amanda Galbraith, on my street, the sign that turns up most often is slow down children playing, except I never see any children playing. Because <laughs> you're driving so fast. No, we it's, just, it's, just, bumps. <laughs> it's just the nocturnal hours that you keep, John. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, so my neighborhood hilariously is the Barry, the, uh, the, the, whatever, whatever the downtown relief line, whatever you call it now, the Ontario, Ontario line. So line, now all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, everybody loved the every love loved the DRL, but as soon as it became the Ontario line and Doug Ford started it, it was just a great catastrophe. We must all have lawn signs. Um, I I respect Shelley very much. I absolutely disagree completely. Um, the government has no business telling me what lawn signs. I don't need to get permission to put it on my lawn, and nor should they tell me how many there are. They're not hurting anyone. Sure, they may no, no, look it's ugly permission to put it on someone else's lawn. Oh, someone That's else's lawn. That's oh. the issue. They're not getting permission. They're just plunking it on my lawn. Oh, that's the issue. Well, I, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crap. No, no one can put stuff on. I just take it off. But yeah, no. So I think if you want to put stuff on your own lawn, that's fine. But no one should unilaterally be putting their weird signs on, on my lawn. I don't have a lawn yet, but I hope to at some point in the city. Um, and I will definitely not be putting up a ridiculous Barry the Downtown Relief Line sign because we just like to be opposed to things. So that's my thought. I think uh, I think more bylaws that aren't really going to be enforced is a great idea. Uh, also, also <laughs> one that seems fraught with me. Like, I, I can just imagine the court challenge because it's going to get down to freedom of speech, right? These are not signs to go buy something. So it's not... It's it's not a commercial thing. You're interfering with someone's ability for, for, with freedom of speech. I don't see it being allowed. Okay, um, there is another municipal issue that I got to ask you about, Shelley Carroll, and that is how did we go through this like six-hour turnaround where we were canceling Canada Day in Nathan Phillips Square and now it's back? I mean, was the whole thing a stunt to begin with? No, I think, you know, staff are grappling with that. We really are struggling financially. That's true. Um, but Staff went to the trouble of starting to plan a Canada Day celebration and then decided mm, maybe not and pulled the plug on it. Um, but but they, they didn't check in with the mayor's office or anyone in council at that point. And, uh, you know, the deputy mayor who's doing a bang up job, sort of keeping the city going. And really one of her her most important roles right now is to keep the spirit of the city up while we go through this leadership uncertainty and you know, as the plans were halfway done and the volunteers even recruited to be there in Nathan Phillips Square, um, you know, when she heard that they had canceled it uh, unilaterally, she said, no, no, you, you got halfway through. 
as deputy mayor, I'm asking you to carry on with it. And the city manager agreed. And so here we are. We're going to have a celebration. And you'll see fireworks emanating from the square. And the who's down in Whoville will say, God bless us. It's not normally a fireworks display at Nathan Phillips Square. Is there like the last one they did was 2017 and it's not normally a thing. Um, That's right. That's right. Well, and many of those years were pandemic years. Well, for sure. But I mean, it seems it seems like one of those things where we created a problem to then solve it and then create another problem and then solve that one. I I don't understand. I'm going to go on record now. If you can bring my property taxes down by reining in fireworks displays around the city, I am fine with it. I don't consider them an essential (laughs) service. Your dog is probably on board, too. Thank you all. Good to have you. Robert Turner, Amanda Galbraith, and Shelley Carroll.